Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. All right, guys. Thanks so much for for that. Andrew and the girls, just awesome. And uh, Gracie there, too, just chilling and enjoying that. That was uh, that was great. Really, really enjoyed that. Thank you for that time of worship. I want to update you on a few things here uh, that are going on at West Hill before we dig into the Word. If you have your Bible, you can open it and turn to Acts chapter 3. We're going to cover Acts chapter 3 today. Um, but as you turn there, um, I'm sure you can listen as well. Um, I want to give a shout out to Jim and Wanda Marcourt. Yesterday was their 50th wedding anniversary. So happy birth or happy birthday. Happy anniversary to Jim and Wanda, and uh, we love you guys. What an awesome legacy uh, as you continue to live your lives, and uh, glory be to God. So thank you, Jim and Wanda, for setting that a great example, and, and congratulations on 50, 50 years. That's great. Um, for next week, I want to encourage you, we're going to do something a little bit different um, when it comes to communion. I don't want you to have to go out and get something extra or special, um, but we're going we're gonna to spend some time next week um, with doing uh, and participating in the Lord's Supper. We'll do this electronically, just how we are right now. Uh, but let me encourage you, if you would, for next Sunday, if you'd gather some crackers or some bread and uh, something to drink, some kind of juice, or again, you don't have to make a special trip out to get grape juice and try to find unleavened bread. Just make it simple. It's not about the elements. It's about what they represent. And so next week, uh, we're going to spend some time and in, in, in participating together in our own homes, but we'll still be together. And uh, I look forward to that time. I think it'll be a special time for us um, to honor the Lord and to obey the Lord and in taking part of breaking the bread and drinking the cup of the Lord's Supper. Even though we, we won't be able to do that in person, it is our custom here at West Hill that the first Sunday of each month that we have communion. And so we'll, we'll take communion together um, just in a different way with, with you being at home. So you can have that uh, this week to prepare for that. And if you forget last minute, um, pretzels and a glass of water will be just fine. Um, we're going to, I've talked with Vince and Vince is going to come in and Vince is going to share with us a little bit of special music as well. And so he's going to play for us as we spend that time of reflection next week too. So I know you'll want to look forward to um, Vince coming and, and having that time with him. It'll be a special treat. Um, this upcoming week is also uh, an important week. I texted them to see if I could ask uh, for their approval. Hopefully they're okay with this. But Steve and Sharon Fannin are expecting uh, their little girl any day now. And if she doesn't come before Wednesday, um, they're going to be induced Wednesday evening. So keep Sharon and Steve and the boys in your prayers. Uh, they had a little um, uh, challenge this week as Joe suffered uh, some, some seizures. And so they ran tests at the hospital and everything came back clear and good. Um, so that was definitely a scary time. He'll have some follow-up or they'll do some more tests, uh, but Joe is doing well. And so you can just continue to keep praying for the Fannins. Um, there's some other things that we're doing here around the church. Our cleaning staff 
uh, are just awesome. Um, they've been in this week just cleaning, wiping things down again, just uh, going through and uh, appreciate their hard work. Uh, we also have uh, a couple of our classrooms, uh, our two children's classrooms that are being painted right now and uh, the primary and junior class. And so we're, we're really thankful for that. And uh, as the sprouts and um, I don't know if the seedlings or I forget what the name is. What is it? Transplants. The transplants. So those two classrooms are are being uh, given a fresh coat of paint and uh, patches on the walls. And so thank you to Mike and Pam Fumey for their, their hard work on that. And uh, I want to thank Carlton uh, Buck for uh, his hard work and coming in and helping me with a little bit of the lighting behind you. Hopefully you can see the stained glass windows uh, or the stained glass behind me and and uh, appreciate his efforts and just trying to trying just to tweak a little bit. And uh, it's more about not what I look like, but hopefully you're hearing the word of God and that's what we want you to get. And so um, thankful for an opportunity as we walk through these days. Um, I, I again want to encourage you um, as you, as you process through what's going on around us, uh, I think there's some key things that we need to, we need to remember. Number one, we have to stay focused on Jesus. It's about his kingdom, not about this kingdom. And so as we live each day, um, let me encourage you to do that. And so as you, as you interact and still have interaction with people, um, be good listeners, uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, but also in that speaking or even in your posting. And, and I haven't been on Facebook at all this week. Um, I, I, I posted something this morning, the link for our message. Um, I, I haven't been on a whole lot of social media, so I'm not picking on anybody. I don't, I don't know what you've posted, but let me encourage you to, to read it twice before you hit send. And, and ultimately, ask yourself, is this, is this going to help people focus upon the kingdom of heaven, or is this about a focus on this earthly kingdom? You have the rights and privileges to post whatever you want, pretty much. Um, so I, I'm not telling you what to do. What I'm trying to do is encourage us to not be distracted. What's interesting, I was thinking about this on Friday. We were distracted. We could easily get distracted before with our schedules, with just running around and doing all the things that we do and just trying to get things accomplished, going to work, taking care of our families, going to running our kids and shuttling them to school and to all the different activities that they had. And so in that busyness, we, we could easily become distracted from things that were probably more important. And in this time of slowing down, it's helped us to kind of reflect on some of that, try to bring into balance some of the things in the structure that we need, that we needed and making a priority again, centered around God's word and around our family, spending time together uh, to, instead of just running around and, and trying to just uh, be about the rat race. What I am finding is that as this um, time and of being socially distanced from one another, we we are becoming distracted um, with different things, and, and it may be the the media, it may be the news, it may be Facebook or um, other social media outlets, TikTok, all that. Those things aren't necessarily bad in themselves. But let me encourage you. This is my point. 
Don't allow those things to distract us from the thing that God wants us to focus on. And ultimately, he wants us to focus on him and his kingdom. And so if I allow all those things to distract me or to take away from me um, the one singular focus that God has for me, then it's no different than, than we were three months ago. We're being distracted and, and we can't let Satan have the victory. And so as the body of Christ, let me encourage us. Um, let's keep that singular focus. Let's focus on the word and let's his word revive us. And, and as we do that, pray for our leadership, uh, pray for the leadership of our country. Romans 13, second uh, Timothy two uh, gives us clear instruction of how we need to uh, come underneath the authority that God has set. And, and we may not agree with it, but we trust that God has set them up. God has arraigned them. God is in charge. And part of that, the word tells us, is because God is looking out for us. We may not feel like that at times. We still have great freedoms. Today, we're broadcasting the gospel of Jesus Christ in this freedom. It, just because they've the people have told us, uh, our government and officials, health officials have said, hey, it's not good for you to meet together in person. Um, could we bypass that? Probably. Could we get in trouble? We've read accounts of that. The Constitution that of the United States of America is a great and important document. It's, it may be one of the best man-made documents that, that we've ever had. But let me tell you and let me encourage you. And I may get some negative feedback and that's okay. Let me tell you, the Constitution of the United States is not the Word of God. It amazes me how quickly we will fight for the Constitution, but how when we look at our world and the people dying and going to hell, we don't fight for them. We're not convicted. Our soul isn't penetrated to the core. Our, our, we're not cut to the heart with sorrow and anguish because people's souls are going to hell. The word of God is what we need to base our lives on. We must not get distracted. We must focus our lives upon living the word of God, living out its truths. And I praise the Lord that God has arraigned and placed people and given them gifts to help protect the freedoms and the rights that we have here in America. I am so grateful and thankful for that. Please don't misunderstand me. I love our country. I love the United States of America, and we have great privileges. But the United States of America is not more important than the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is what we are to pursue. And so let me encourage you. Let me challenge you here this morning with that. We're going to get into Acts now. Um, Acts chapter 3. I hope that you'll join me and read in it together, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Acts chapter 3. It says, now... Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, and whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, and is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. 
and he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him and walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for the alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this, and why do you stare at us, as though by your own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we were witnesses, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is in that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. At times of refreshment, that times of refreshment may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord God will raise you, raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to the prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the great privilege of living our lives for you, of being able to know and hear Jesus to know that he suffered and died for us and to be able to live our lives for you, Lord, is a great privilege. I pray this morning, Lord, that you would use your word to challenge us and to penetrate our hearts. Convict us, Lord. Help us to humble ourselves before you and before your word this morning. Help us to have a sensitivity to who you are, to your greatness, to your holiness, Help us to have a sensitivity to what Jesus has done for us and who he is. Help us to be sensitive as your spirit leads us and guides us that we may be about the people and, and do what you want us to do, to be the people you want us to be and to act the way you want us to act. 
Lord, it is a great privilege, and we are not perfect, and yet, Lord, you love us so much, you care for us so much, and you've given us all that we need. And so, Lord, this morning, may you use your word to penetrate our hearts so that we may be changed after spending this time together with you. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Messiah, the King of Kings. Amen. Thank you again for uh, for joining us, and and it's hard. Um, and I've said this before, and I'm not looking for any sympathy. It's hard to preach to a camera because I I don't see any of your feedback, and so I'm trusting uh, that that the Lord is working through all this. And uh, again, just being uh, real and transparent, Ben. Uh, been confronted this week again with my own insecurities of wanting to know, did I, did I do a good job? Lord, did I, did I do what you wanted me to do? And maybe you're sitting there feeling that way um, just at this time and what's going on in your lives. Let me encourage you to, to find that peace and to find that security in the Lord that you, you keep doing what God wants you to do and he'll show you He'll show you if you're not in line with that, and, and he'll make that and reveal that. And, and part of that is that refinement, right? Refinement is not easy, and sometimes it's painful. And yet, uh, and when we go through that fire, uh, those impurities are pulled out of us, and we look much different after refinement and after the difficulties. And so if you're going through a difficult time, let me encourage you, um, keep at it. Keep staying faithful. When we look at our text this morning— what we see is uh, kind of a, a zoomed in perspective because here is uh, in, in chapter two, uh, we see the outpouring of the spirit and what the people were doing that had accepted Jesus as the Messiah, as their Lord and Savior, as they were gathering together and what their lives looked like. Now what we get to see is Dr. Luke gives us a zoomed in approach and he takes a, a, a specific account on one of the days what, ha, what has transpired there. And so we get to see that specific part of this day of what is going on as the people continue to gather in Solomon's court. And we see that there's a specific time that they're gathering together and it's this, uh, it's called the ninth hour and in the Jewish custom, what would take place is this would be a time where this would be the second sacrifice of the day. And so the second sacrifice would, would happen at this hour and the time of prayer then would take place. And so Dr. Luke has recorded for us some, some key elements just to help us to catch glimpse of, of, of what was going on. We also see where they're now meeting. We see that they're meeting in the temple and we see a little bit. Uh, more of that as we see in verse 11 where they gather together in the portico portico called Solomon's which is cool because then when you look at the pictures and you do some digging in the history it gives us a perspective and you kind of start to imagine and start to picture in our own minds here's Peter here's John the other apostles as they're gathering together where they're gathering and you can start to imagine the crowds that they're speaking to as others come to the temple and as they're doing and going about their Jewish customs they're presenting the gospel message. And one day, uh, they're going to the temple. They're traveling the temple. 
and, and Dr. Luke records for us this miraculous event. And so let's walk through this story. And I don't want to dig too deep because I don't want to take from the narrative. This is really a narrative aspect of the story. And so I don't want to dissect it too much that we lose the big picture, the, the warmthness of this story. But as we look at it, we see there's a man who is lame from birth. And so from this time, uh, at this time in this culture, um, the lame had uh, nothing to present. And so part of their responsibility was to beg and to get alms. Alms was a, a way uh, in the Jewish customs, again, uh, for those who had um, to be able to give alms of religious importance. It was a religious duty that the Jewish culture had set up, the Jewish um, laws um, that they had made um, that you give alms. It was showing how not only how God blessed, but it was a responsibility that the Jewish people had. And so here was the lame man. He was lame from birth. He was required. Uh, other people had to help him uh, to come to this this gate, the beautiful gate, which there's a lot of um, discussion about which gate this is. There's no real clarity of that. Um, but he comes to this gate every day, and he sees Peter and John walk by. And his, uh, he looks at them, and as he looks at them, he says, verse 3, Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. I love verse 4. It says, And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. It says, and as he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold. Peter says, look, look at us. What do we have? We don't have a bunch of money. Which shows Peter and John are just ordinary, normal men. And as they're getting ready and they're approaching the temple, um, this, uh, this lame man is expecting them to be able to give some alms, to give him um, some financial help. And I love that where Peter says, look at us. Look at me. Look at, look at us. In a sense, he's saying, look at us. Does, does it look like we have something to offer to you? I also think of it another perspective when I talk to my kids and I want to make a point. I say, hey, look at me. Look at my eyes. And, and it's almost this intentionality that Peter is drawing them in to say, hey, I want you to take a look. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. And so it says, uh, verse 5, he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He said, I don't have silver or gold, but let me give to you what I do have. I have Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I have the Messiah, and I want to give him to you. Hey, you, get up. Rise and walk. What a, what a perspective here. And I wonder if through the weeks and through the time, um, the days going on, if this lame beggar had heard the gospel message and in and, and doing so, here is a personal account where Peter and John encourage this lame beggar to once and for all, listen, claim Jesus as your Messiah. 
get up and walk. And so here he is. He took him by the right hand. Peter extended out. He showed love. He showed compassion. When you start looking at the terminology here, there's a very physical sense here all throughout this first part of the narrative. As they carried him in, as he seated, as Peter reached out and touched him, as he said, look, there's a definite draw to the physical. And so he reached out his hand, raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Verse 8, and leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Wow. Here is a man who, from birth, wasn't able to walk. And now, for the first time ever in his life, his life is miraculously changed. He's walking, and it, just, it doesn't say he's just walking around, saying, hey, look, look. No, he is leaping. He is jumping around. It's like having this new set of, uh, of legs and, and ankles and feet, and he has this new life that's been given to him. As the people see this, verse 10 uh, or verse 9 says, All the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. Their response was this, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Here, here, the people, as they're starting to gather for that day, and whether they're coming for that hour of prayer and the sacrifice, or as they're gathering together to hear Peter and the apostles again preach the message, preach the word, the gospel, here they're gathering, and wait a minute, who, wait, I recognize that guy. I know him. He's the guy that's been by the gate. He's the lame guy. The guy who hasn't been able to walk. How is he walking? How is he jumping around? In an utter amazement, it says that, that they wondered at what has transpired. It takes me back to chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit's been poured out uh, amongst the 120-some people. And as the people heard them speak in the different native tongues, their own languages from all different countries, the different ethnic groups, they were utterly amazed. As we walk through the book of Acts, we're going to continue to see this. And it should show us great encouragement as followers of Jesus. When we follow Jesus, we should seek to be amazed. Not seeking it in a bad, unhealthy way like, okay, God, uh, amaze me. No, when we start looking for God working, we can be amazed because we see him working in different ways that sometimes we're blinded to, or as I said earlier, we become distracted, focused on something else that we miss what God is doing. Here, the people are gathering together and they can't help but to see this amazing, miraculous event. And so Peter's now going to address the crowd. It says, and while, they clung, while he clung, this man who had been healed clung to Peter and John, all the people utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon. And when Peter saw it, he addressed, or that Greek term could also be translated, answered the people. Because the people had this question, okay, th this is the guy that was at the gate, right? This, this is the lame man. How was how he healed? Luke in his writing is, is giving us and building this narrative to building up uh, the suspense. 
Here is this man leaping around with great joy. His life has been changed. And all the people in marvel and amazement see it. And, and all the people are coming and saying, what is going on? And so Peter says, hey, I got, I got an answer for you. And so he addresses them. And, and as he addresses them in this next uh, speech, in this next sermon, as he's preaching to them, just as he's done before, he's going to use uh, some different terms as he addresses the group. The first term that he addresses them with is men of Israel. We saw this before. Hey, you who are men of Israel, those of you who are under, uh, are part of God's chosen people. Israel, again, specific at that time, that meant such a significance. You men of Israel, God's chosen people, listen, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety? Piety means a, a religious, uh, a relevant uh, a dedication. He's saying, why do you think by our own power or our own religious duties um, that we have made this man to walk? It's taking the focus, what Peter is doing, is taking the focus off of him and the other apostles, him and John specifically here, and, and, and turning it. Why do you think that this man is healed by who we are and by what we can do? Verse 13 gives the answer. The God of Abraham... The God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus. Now, let's just stop and pause there. Again, for us as, uh, as non-Jewish people, these, these phrases uh, don't ring and they're not as significant. But as Peter is preaching to these Jewish, this Jewish audience... This, these terminologies are so critical and so important. The God of Abraham. Abraham was the Jewish people's father. That was the one, that, that was the one who began it all. That God spoke to Abraham in the beginning. And through Abraham would come these descendants and would be a great nation. And so as Peter's using and addressing this, the God of Abraham. And this is significant because the Jewish people, as, they gathering, as they're gathering to worship in the temple... They're worshiping God, but they have rejected Jesus. And so Peter's going to try to draw them together to see this same God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And we see those, that same, the same title given in the Old Testament throughout when, when, a, when a speaker for God, whether it's a prophet or a judge or a king, as a judge addressed the people speaking these, uh, this, this title, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, everybody knew who this God was. There was no mistake that there was some other God. This was the true creator living God, the God of Abraham and Isaac, of Jacob, the God of Israel. And so, Peter gets to the point saying, listen, this God that you love, that has called you to be a people, he says, this God glorified his servant, Jesus. Uh, just pause there for a second. When we read that, we kind of miss it. We can miss it easily. So don't miss it here. Glorified, meaning that Jesus, he died he was buried, he rose again, and he ascended into heaven. He is sitting at the right hand. And so this glorification that, that, 
that Dr. Luke uses here for us that Peter was proclaiming. This term glorified means that that it's assuming all this is placed and and that this Jesus is sitting as the Messiah on the at the right hand of the Father. And so here he is glorified. This um, God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus. And then he's going to go and he's going to do show us five specific actions that these men of Israel have done. The first is this, whom you delivered over. You, you took him. <laughs> you took him to who? To the, to the Roman authorities. It says you delivered over. You denied in the presence of Pilate. You, you denied who he was when he had decided to release him. Meaning, and we see back in Luke, as Luke writes his first uh, book for us, the account of Pilate wanting three different times to release Jesus, but in their denial of accepting who Jesus was, they were delivering him over. And then verse 14, but you denied the holy and righteous one, and you asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. He put some of the responsibility back on their shoulders, helping them to realize how significant it was that here was the Messiah. He was with you, the servant of the living God, the God who you say that you love, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Here's this God that you say, but you took his servant, his one and only son, and you killed him. And in doing that, you killed the author of life. I love how Peter uses this term, author of life. And then he takes right on the edge of that. And he says, whom God raised from the dead. Okay, whatever you did, God used it for his good and for his glory. So you may have had Jesus killed, but you can't stop God's plan. God raised him from the dead. And in doing this, to this we are all witnesses. Peter is saying, listen, we've all seen this when we give account of what has happened. Verse 16. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. When we see this in the Greek, it's really hard to digest through the, this aspect of faith. Don't get hung up here. There, there was some aspect of this lame man as he laid by the gate when he heard Peter proclaiming the gospel message. And when Peter said, rise and walk, that he believed. And, and I, I believe as we see his faith in his name. Whose name? Jesus' name. And in doing this, um, remember what we're looking at here. Peter's addressing, uh, he's answering the question. How, how did this man get healed? He goes into the gospel story and he says, listen, this man who you claim not to be the Messiah, this man healed this man. Jesus healed this man in his name because this man had faith in Jesus. This man was healed. So here this perfect, he has perfect health in the presence of you all. Meaning this guy's never walked before 
It's nothing that we have done, John or myself. It is because of Jesus. And so verse 17, he's going to continue. And he says, and now, brothers, again, a very endearing term, brothers and sisters. He's trying to come alongside of them. He wants them to know that they are loved and cherished. I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ, that his Messiah would suffer, he thus fulfilled. So all the things that the prophets said, Jesus was the fulfillment of that. So understand that even though what you did, you acted in ignorance, it fulfilled what God's plan was. Verse 19, repent therefore. Repent, turn from, turn from your sin, repent and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Just lost the light, but that's okay. We'll keep going. Turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke from the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. And then he's going to talk about Moses. But let's pause for a second here. This refreshment. What, what Peter is doing here is what he did in chapter 2. It's the gospel message. And he's calling the people to repent. And it's some of the f- same phrasing, the same terminology. The only th- thing different was the f- refreshment. That term refreshment, meaning relief. You have this huge burden on your shoulders as you are witness of what has happened and transpired. That this Jesus, who you thought was was some man of the devil, whom you crucified and whose blood is now on your hands, take heart. There is refreshment. There is hope. There is relief. And it's found when you repent and turn from your sin and you give your heart to Jesus. When you trust him to be the Messiah that you rejected him as. And in doing so, when you do that, you see you see the fulfillment of what the prophets have said from long ago. And so he's going to go into a specific here where then verse 22, Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers and shall listen to you in in whatever he tells you. You shall listen to him. Did they do that? No, they didn't listen to Jesus, unfortunately. But they can now listen back to his teachings as the apostles are, are bringing that to the forefront. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who had spoken from Samuel and to those who came after him also proclaim these days. What Peter does is he's taking the, the, the words of Moses, whom in, in the temple there they would have gathered and they would have been reading. So he takes a section from Deuteronomy 18, verse um, Uh, verses 15, 18, and 19. And then he also takes a section from Leviticus 23, 29, and he brings them together and he morphs them together and he shows them that, hey, this law that you had, that, that you read every day, is fulfilled and is being fulfilled. Don't reject Jesus. What about you today? Have you rejected Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior? To forgive you of your sin. I pray and hope that you, you that you won't do that. That you'll accept him as who he says he is. And who he has proven and shown that he is truly the Lord and Savior of those who will 
repent and turn from their sin and to call upon his name. He makes it very clear. This man who has been healed is healed by Jesus's power. And in so doing, verse 25, it says, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers. The third different way that he's addressing the crowd. You are the sons of these prophets. You've heard Moses. You've heard Samuel. You've heard these men share about their encounters with God. And you've heard them speak on God's behalf. You are their sons. You're their lineage. Doesn't mean that they were prophets. It means that they came through that lineage. They're sons of the prophets. They're sons of that covenant that God made with them and with Abraham. And then we see in the second part of verse 25 that he'll quote from Genesis 22 verse 18. And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first. See, God sent Jesus to the Jewish nation, to Israel first. They've always been and will always be his special, designated, set-aside, holy people. The Jewish people, the tribe of Israel, the people of Israel. And in doing that, God wanted them to see and to accept the Messiah. He was brought to them, but they rejected him. And in doing so, that has now proclaimed the gospel message to the whole earth, to both Jew and to Gentile. God, having raised up his servant, verse 26, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Ultimately telling them, this Jesus, he's the Messiah. He's the real deal. And if you don't believe it, look at this man who has been healed who you knew what he was like from all of his birth, from, from his birth to all of his life. He lived this way. And let me tell you, Jesus is for real. And he healed this man and it proves that he's Messiah and that he has the power of God. How does this apply for us? I think it's very simple for us. We get to speak on behalf of Jesus today. We get to show the world around us that Jesus is alive and that he is real. That Jesus is the savior of the world. Jesus came to save all people. He came first to the tribe of, or to the people of Israel. And then he ex extended out. And as we go through the, the book of Acts, we're going to see this continue to be morphed out of what are, is uh, our verse of that we've been memorizing of Acts 118. Acts 118 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so we're going to see this gospel message continuing to be spread out. Right now, we're in the beginning part where Peter is speaking to the Jewish people. And as we see that, there is hope, there is uh, forgiveness that is offered to them. And, and it's offered to you and I today. We can experience a refreshment 
We can experience relief from the burdens and the troubles and the hardships of our past decisions and even of our life and what's going to happen in the future. We can get relief when we look to Jesus. And so this morning, let me encourage you, look to Jesus. He is the one who can do miraculous things. Open your eyes. Ask God, Lord, help me to see you do things that, that, that are really miracles, that are, are miraculous events that only you can do, God, so that I may speak on your behalf. What's interesting as we're going to walk through the book of Acts and continue to unpack what's in here, there are some, even today, who, who will do things in the name of Jesus, believing that it's just it's some sort of phrase uh, like magic, that if I say it in the name of Jesus, then then it's going to happen. Remember, Jesus didn't heal everybody. He didn't heal everybody in his, in his time as he walked the face of this earth. As the apostles go about and they do, and go, they do miraculous events, they heal, uh, and they raise the dead, people who are dead, they, they do miraculous events. But they don't heal everybody. They, they don't raise every dead person. God has a plan. He has a specific plan and a purpose for everything. And so as we go about our lives, we have the great privilege of having a perspective of seeing that while God may not choose to heal or God may not choose to do the miraculous, that we can trust his will, that we can trust his heart, that ultimately his plan is to love his children and that the gospel message may be proclaimed through us. And so we have this extraordinary opportunity um, as we live in this world to be able to say and to speak the gospel message through our everyday life. Now this goes back to what I, what I said in the very beginning. We, we can't get distracted I, I get so easily distracted. Um, let me give you an illustration. So we've been playing a lot of games in our house. And, uh, and in doing that, it's been a lot of fun. And, and I have won a lot of games and I've lost some games. What I have found in some of the games, and the one game that I really like, um, Settlers of Catan, is that I have to stay focused. I have to stay intentional of what's going on, who's building, who's getting what resources. And as they build and as they're about um, doing all of that, it impacts me. And so I have to really stay intentional. And as I'm glued into that, it's easily to become distracted. Uh, distracted with, oh, they got a bowl of ice cream. I want some ice cream. Or, oh, man, uh, what just happened outside? That squirrel is chasing what? Um, there's all kinds of different things that can distract me. And, and in the time in the game where I have been distracted, that's when I lose. And so when I stay focused and intentional and, 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 and being intentional in that, um, I come out victorious most of the time. That's just a picture. I hope it helps you to see as we, as we live our lives today, and through this upcoming week, we have to be intentional in looking to Jesus. The term that Peter uses here is that Jesus is the author of life. He's the one who, who has been a pioneer. He's the pioneer who has gone into death and has come out alive. 
he has led the way so that we may follow in that. And we have that glorious hope that when we die, we don't stay dead. When we die, our, our, our earthly bodies uh, decay. We live eternally with Jesus. What glorious hope that is. What glorious opportunity that, that as we focus on that perspective, it gives us great strength but we get distracted. I get distracted so easy. So don't get distracted. Keep your eyes on Jesus. See what he's doing, the miraculous things of how only Jesus could be doing these things and walk with his power. Peter didn't do this on his own. It was Jesus who did this miraculous event. That same Jesus whom God raised from the dead, he lives in you and me. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Christ lives in you if you have accepted him as Savior, as Lord. And so we get to walk with that power today and this week. So let me encourage you to do that. As we walk, may we speak and share the good news. May God give us boldness to do that. May we, may we do it in such a way as Peter did here. Hey, you are sinners. You did this horrible and bad things. The prophets told you it was going to happen, but, but you can repent. You can turn from your sin and you can experience the relief and the life that God offers to you. We get to share that message today with every person that we get to come in contact with. Sometimes that's with a smile. Sometimes that's with a warm greeting. Sometimes that's through our words. Sometimes that's a, a direct focus of being in his word and staying in tune with his spirit so let me encourage you to do that. May we live faithfully this week. Would you pray with me? Lord, I just thank you for loving us. Thank you for the way that you uh, continue to remind us of your loving kindness, of the way that you have provided salvation. And Lord, how also, how you've, you have provided um, opportunities uh, for us to be able to speak of your miraculous event. It's not about us. Lord, help it not to be about us. Help us not to be about uh, what I'm doing or what we're doing or, or any good thing. But Lord, may we always and constantly keep bringing it back to Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our King, our Lord. The one who has saved us. The one who conquered sin and death. The one who suffered and died on the cross was buried and rose again three days later, who then ascended into heaven and is now sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, waiting for God to do his work for the right time to come back again. Lord, may we be people who stay faithful to you. Help us to look for your miraculous works. Help us to speak and proclaim your goodness. Help us to be intentional in keeping our eyes fixed upon Jesus, fixed upon you and your word. Help us to stay in it this week, Lord. May it be a priority to us. And may you speak to us and do great and awesome and magnificent things. And as you do those, Lord, may we give you all the glory. We need your help, Lord. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you. Hope you have a wonderful week, a great day today, this wonderful Sunday. 
And again, I just want to share if there's anything that we can do as a pastoral staff, as a leadership, as the people of West Hill, if I can do anything uh, personally for you as you walk through this time, please do not hesitate to reach out and to touch, uh, touch base with us. Um, there is a communication card on as you're watching uh, this. If you're in the comments section, there's an opportunity um, to comment there. And if you need some help, if you want some prayer, um, let us know. We want to be praying for you. We want to come alongside of you. Uh, we love you. We care for you dearly. And uh, I'm excited to see each one of you. May the Lord bless you. And we'll talk to you soon. And don't forget, next week, uh, prepare for communion.